Welcome everyone to the CMM Global Missions House here in sunny, most days, Fort Mill, South Carolina. And we're blessed today. We have a special guest from Tadapadagudam, a stone's throw or, or a frog's leg knee joint distance from Roger Hundry. <laughs> and we're, we've just eaten gizzards, and those are good thanks to Deb Forster, who was born and grew up in Nigeria. We had Nigerian gizzards. What do you call it? YOLO? It was Jolo fries with gizzards. Jolo if anybody's fries. interested, Jolo I can fries tell they all with are. gizzards. <laughs> and Yori has Mark some delicious. I think they all had some laughing gas in them. I think, toxic. yes. It just feels good on the scalp. It just feels good. <laughs> oh, welcome, everybody. Father God, we just thank you for the seven spirits of God, Lord, that we can walk in the fullness of your joy, no matter what's going on in this yes, world. Lord, yes. we keep our eyes on Jesus, who was resurrected from the dead and is set down at the right hand of Abba, Father, Amen. and far above all principalities and powers in every dominion. Lord, we thank you that you are our peace, our shalom, our strong tower. And Father, thank you for your word of God that is living and alive in us. Yeah. And we welcome our dear friend, Yori, who's been married for many years to John Malapudi. We have visited their place several times in India. Nancy's been there. I've been there. And we've just had amazing times. These are some of the most courageous and wise Freedom fighters for freedom in the spirit release uh, into idol worshipers, setting them free, casting out demons, giving medical camps and medical care to thousands of people. We've done some wells with them, and they've been part of CMM, I think, for almost 20 years now, a long, long time. And they have uh, faithful prayer partners and intercessors and supporters with them. And we invite you to just pray for them. And to get to know them, yeah. and we can put you in touch with them so you can pray with them regularly and speak with them online. And it's just a blessing to have Yori here with us again. So we welcome you, Pastor Yori Malapu. You didn't say amen, you were afraid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was I, I love to say you, Dr. Scott. I love you. I do like to pray all the time. <laughs> Uh -huh. Thank you, Brahman. Sorry, actually, she. Oh. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I am Yuri. Um, my name is Yoliandri Solipide Malipodi. I'm originally an Indonesian. It's better. I'm originally an Indonesian. Um, I'm gonna tell you my story today because all these times I've been quiet about it because I didn't want to offend my adopted parents. Uh, but it seems they were the one who went and told everybody that I was adopted. So I think it's fine. <laughs> it's not a secret. Eh? It's, not, it's an open secret now. <laughs> uh, yeah, God is good. And uh, I was born in an island called Timor. 
uh, where the revival took place in 1965, wow. uh, where the dead were raised. I did my test. Wow. The dead were raised. Was yeah. that the book, The Mighty Wind? Yes, there you go. The yeah, yeah. you read it? Yes. So <laughs> that, like, Wind was written by one of our relatives, Mel Tari. He lives in California. Um, and so, yeah, the dead were raised. Water turned into wine. Wow. So not only in Canaan, but it happened here too. And so um, in Indonesia, till today, you can see it on YouTube, because till today, they collected the wine and put it in the bottle and people want to go and see. And they would uh, have Holy Communion with them. Close the bottle and you can see slowly the wine increases in the bottle. Wow. So because of that, I looked at all those uh, wonder working of the Holy Spirit and God and it increases my faith and I said I think I need to be more on fire for Jesus hallelujah because our God is alive and he's a true and living God so I was born out of a wedlock um, uh, when my mom and dad were in college they slept with one another and then they got me um, but nobody ever told me that I was um I was uh, brought up by my my grandmother, uh, grandmother and grandfather, and uh, it was a secret. And I wonder why people hated me. Um, and I was really hurt. I thought it was my grandparents who were my parents. But when my mom's older sister came to in India, Indonesia, and wanted to adopt me, then they told me that uh, they introduced me to my mother. And I said, okay, and who was, I usually call her auntie. And um, I went, followed my mother, adopted parents to India, not knowing what would happen. I wasn't known that I was adopted. Nobody ever asked me or tell me. Um, they just took me and I thought we just went for a visit. One day I fought with my father and I said, I want to go back to Indonesia. He said, no, you can't because you are adopted. So I said, okay, what to do? There's no other choice. So I decided to stay back, accept my situation, and place myself in the hands of God. And uh, like normal teenager, I was very rebellious. Um, but uh, God changed me when I had to decide to uh, marry Pastor Jay. I had to pray, seek God. He seek God for, seven, uh, for six months no, sorry, eight months. And then he told me that I was his wife. But I said, no, God didn't speak to me. Give me one month and I'll pray about it. So I prayed about it. And um, one month, no answer from God. Then again, he called me. He said, what's your answer? I said, I don't know. I didn't hear from God. Give me one more month. And then so one moment I seek God, I prayed, and God did just reminded me of Ephesians where he says, children obey your parents. And so which includes marrying my husband. <clears throat> so when I said yes to this proposal and to God, then that was, and then to my parents, then I had peace about it. Otherwise, I was so confused, frustrated, didn't know what I was supposed to do. But I said, my grandmother is a very prayerful lady. You should bring my Pastor Jay to my grandmother. And if my grandmother approve him, then I will marry him. And so my dad said, that's a very expensive request. But I said, you know, you need to get married only once. 
So he said, okay. <laughs> so he respected my request and sent my husband with my, uh, with my mother. So when he came to Indonesia, he came to my grandma's house, um, kneeled in front of my grandma, both of us, and my grandpa just looked at him for a long time. Then she said, Yori, this is your husband. I said, Grandma, you didn't even ask what is his name, what he does. He said, she just looked at him again, quiet, and then said, Yori, this is your husband. So I said, if Grandma says so, we let's get engaged. And when I'm done with my work in Indonesia, I'll come to India and we'll get married. And so that's how I followed my, I followed God, I followed my parents' wish, and I took a leap of faith following, there is a song in English where it says, I don't know where this yes will lead me. And so when um, we came back, we got married in 2002, uh, February 27th. Um, we have three children and uh, two daughters and one son, Hepsibah, Gladys, Joshua. And um, just like a normal human being, uh, you need to learn how to raise them up in the knowledge and fear of God. And Bible, even though both my husband and myself are from different cultures, our, our um, married life, family life, our faith is based basically on the Bible. So whenever we have misunderstanding, we would open the Bible and say, what does Jesus say to do? And then that's what we would follow. And so we never have, we reconcile, we ask one another for forgiveness and move ahead in the family life. And so that is how we could be an example for the families in India, because the Hindus, they don't believe you when you just share the word of God. They want to see how you live your life as a child of God, how you uh, obey the word of God, how you practice the word of God. So when they see me and my husband, uh, how we live in our married life, how we face our problems, and ministry problems, persecutions, and how we practice love our enemies, they were really surprised. And many of them uh, wanted to be like us. And we said, the only thing we can be this way is because of Jesus. And so that is how we could be able to share the gospel, share Jesus to them. And we said, if you have Jesus in your life, you will never fight with your husband or with your children, or you can face problems and Jesus can help you to overcome. And so, because in India, there is so many family problems. And I think not only in India, but when I came to America, I was really sad to see so many divorces, so many, um, uh, what do you call, so many drug addictions, and so many stubborn children. And some mothers were literally crying, even when I was in, uh, I was in, um, Denver and one of the parents literally cried, my son, he changes his gender. And uh, I thank God that I could be able to share to the church where he attended and God spoke to him and uh, he was able to be strong and be able to learn how to handle his son's problem. And so I told him you have to pray, especially if you are the father, you are the priest in the house. And so you have to lead your family doing uh, worshiping, praying in the morning or in the evening with your family and take fasting and prayer. That is the sword and read the Bible and then love your child unconditionally. 
That's what I did to my children. And today, by God's grace, my children are testimony not only in college, but also in the society, in the places that they go. They know who they are. They know that they are a child of God and they have to tell people about Jesus and have to be a good example in the society. And even through my children, many of the young people, many of the Sunday school children, regular public school children would come and ask for prayer, invite them for their birthdays and ask for prayer. And also uh, sending in prayer requests. The teachers would send prayer requests and we would pray for them. And slowly, slowly the teachers will come to the, uh, to the church. So this is how we live our life in India as a believer. Um, so not only, thank you, Dr. George, not only, I got specialized here, <laughs> not only uh, preaching, but you have to live the Bible. You are a walking Bible uh, in the family, in the society. And so um, we start, my husband started a ministry before we got married. And since after married, I decided to follow my husband. I left my parents' ministry in Mumbai. Um, and they, they serve um, among the slum people. As you know, that in Mumbai has the largest slum in Asia. And the name is Dharavi. And uh, so many poor people, so many orphan children, so many children on the road who have no uh, education or parents. So my mom decided to start an um, uh, orphanage. And they raised almost 250 orphan children. And some of them are married, some of them are uh, sent to nursing college so that they can become a nurse. And now they are working in a private um, hospitals in uh, Hyderabad, which is a high tech city in our area, in our state. And then some of them are going for training to be a nurse. Some of them are married to a pastor in a ministry. Imagine street children picked up unloved and they were picked up and uh, sent to school and sent to Bible school. Some of them did their Master of Divinity and they could get a good husband and now they have their own ministry and children home. And so my parents died and my father died in a car accident in 2017. Then my mother died in 2021 because of old age and there was nobody to take care of the ministry. So my husband, myself uh, decided to take care of the ministry. Of course, that was when my mom was alive and she was in the board and she suggested my husband because she saw how we started with nothing and God provided and also God increased the number of believers to 700. Mm -hmm. And so he, she trusted my, uh, my husband and she decided that my husband should be the president of their ministry. And so now my husband, myself and my sister, Jerusha, who is going through a divorce um, because she had a married love marriage and married an unbeliever and now she, she knew that that was a bad decision and she has three children she turned to jesus and take care of the children home and um, she too was an adopted sister and since she know uh what is an orphanage about because the orphanage where she come from is one of the biggest orphanage in maharashtra the state uh, mukti mission pandita ramabai uh, who was a Brahmin rejected by uh, his her family, and she decided to open an orphanage for girls <clears throat> because girls in Indian, in India are uh, downtrodden. They are not they show partiality between girls and boys. Girls will not be sent to school while boys will be sent to school, and then girls is considered as a burden. That's part of the reason 
India has a female mortality rate very high, and now the population of girls is very low as compared to the population of uh, boys in India. And so jokingly, we would say, oh, so the boys will marry a buffalo <laughs> because they can't find a girl to marry. <laughs> um, yeah, girl situations are really bad. Girls are considered a burden because when they get married, there is a word called dowry where the girls have to give money to the boys um, for uh, as a marriage gift. And usually they would demand very high price. And uh, if they are not satisfied with the dowry, they would throw acid on the girl, they would burn the girl with kerosene, they would divorce and marry another girl. And so the girls are really mistreated in India. Sure. And so this uh, Brahmin uh, converted sister, her name is Pandita Ramabai, she decided to start an orphanage for girls. And some of the babies that they find in their orphanage is usually in the garden. They have a very big garden and uh, the dog led to one of the baby that was buried alive in the garden. And then the, the gardener, he dug it and he found a baby and oh. took it to the hospital. They have a hospital too and resuscitate baby. Now the baby is doing very well and married, I think, a foreigner too. So this is, my sister saw all those things. And so she said, I also have a burden to run an orphanage. So we hand over the orphanage called Priscilla Children Home to my sister to run it. And um, she's doing very well. We had volunteers from Germany. We had volunteers from France came and helped my sister. Um, why am I telling you this is because God has given us a vision is to win the lost souls or even to rebuild shattered lives. So people are really rejected in India, as I told you about ladies. The next thing I'll tell you about is widows. Widows are considered as unluck because if a widow, many times they blame the ladies. They said, because of you bringing bad luck to the family, your husband died. And so you are not allowed to attend birthdays, anniversaries, any good party, celebration, they are not allowed to come. They are considered as a bad luck. And so many of the people, if they are widows, they tend to live a lonely life. And so my mother-in-law, who was converted from uh, Hinduism to Christianity because God healed her of uterus cancer, she had the burden to collect all these widows in the village and uh, teach them to pray, teach them about Jesus. Many of them repented, took water baptism, and then they accept the love of Jesus and they learn to pray, and now they are the prayer warriors in the church. Mm -hmm. And so they go and pray and intercede for people, and God in his mercy and grace was able to use them, answer their prayers, and now they are respected in the society. So this is our, some of the ministry work that we do. We have pre-medical camp too, and just on the 2nd August, my husband conducted a free medical camp. Of all, It's a test kit for the cancer patient, the leprosy, and also for the viral fever. Because in India, we have a lot of uh, a water problem. They have typhoids, malaria, there was flood. And so we were able to hand over meals to people who are uh, having uh, suffering from the flood. And also there is a big ministry coming up as everybody know, persecution in India, in the east side of India, Manipur, the Christian ladies, were um, were um, 
They removed the two Christian girls' clothes, parade them naked around the street, oh. raped them in front of everybody. So it's a community, it's a communal fight, but it's majority is Hindu, minority is Christian, and they, they target the Christian. And so please pray for them. Many of the believers are really suffering. Uh, they, they have to leave their house. They have to leave their churches because the church is burned and they're living in the jungle. They fear of their life because anytime they'll be attacked, they don't know when they're going to live and they're going to die. The internet is totally disconnected. There's no way to communicate with them. My husband works among, he's one of the president for All India Christian Council, and he fights for the, on behalf of these pastors. And he could meet one of the pastors. Uh, he came down to our area and he said, please pray if you can help with anything. So my husband decided to collect some money and um, he said, I cannot go. And it's also very expensive. So since you are going, we were ready to support you and help you. And you can go as an underground and meet all these believers in the jungle. So please pray for India. The president, our prime minister doesn't want to say anything about it because it, he just kind of like sweep it under the carpet. He didn't even attend the parliament meeting because next year is election. Please pray for India. Persecution are coming up. Pray that the Christians will be strong to walk with God. Uh, we had the uh, experience of persecution during the COVID. And um, I had a little feeling of what it is like to be persecuted in India. Uh, we were having a family prayer and then suddenly two police jumped up the wall and came and took videos around us while we were praying. And we had two girls from the orphanage staying with us. The time my mom was alive, she was, they were taking care of her. And she, they took videos and they said, we're going to complain that you people are praying during COVID. And we said, this is a family prayer. And he said, family, eight members, what happened to you? You're having a church. And we said, no, we usually pray in the evening. Uh, but God gave me wisdom. They were drunk. So I said, I can file a case against you because you people are drunk too. And I took a video and they got scared. They said, please forgive us, forgive us. And they went away. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good, but you know, the feeling of you know, when you pray, anything can happen and we had to put CC camera and uh, we were facing persecution partly because the leader of the town was against us because we didn't uh, let him to sit on the altar during the church opening and he had a grudge and he got mad and somehow he's trying to persecute us and the church and even the pastors that were under my husband's um, um, fellowship. So we face persecution, but we believe God taught us to love our enemies and pray for them, pray for those who persecute you. And with the result of the persecution of the police, the same police who arrested my husband was able to say sorry to my husband in front of the open air meeting in front of thousands of people. Oh. And they said that he had to do his duty, please forgive him. He used yeah. to go to Sunday school too, and he knows who Jesus is. And uh, later on, he asked if we wanted to have Christmas celebration just last year. Oh. Christmas celebration in the in the 
uh, for the police. Every year we used to do that and preach the gospel. So we said, okay, but he said, we can't have it at the police station. You are, you're welcome to bring all the police to our church. So he brought almost like 50 police to our church. And then, yeah, and then we, uh, we were able to tell them about Jesus, give them good food, pray for them, and then send them back. And from there, many of the policemen are now members of our church. That is what God is. That's what God is doing. And you have to be a living testimony. So I go around encouraging people here in America, uh, don't be ashamed of who you are. Don't, don't underestimate you as a child of God. Our God has all the authority, as he said in Matthew 28. Yes. All authority has been given unto me. And then he gave it to us. And then he said, go, teach, preach, teach, and then baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So that is our work. It's a command. There is no way not to obey the command. If we don't obey a command, it means we are disobedient. And if we are disobedient, it means there is a practice of witchcraft in our lives. Ooh. So that's part of the reason we should do the work. We should do God's work. Why? Because we will be saved. Second thing, we will know who we are. Third thing is that we are doing and obeying the will of the Father. And fourth thing is also we will grow spiritually when we share Jesus to other people. But if we don't do that, then we will be stagnant. We will be questioning about our faith. We will be weak. We won't be powerful, but we will be weak. So that's why I want you all in prayer. Prayer is very important. I don't see Christian. I visit Christians. I don't see them praying even before eating. Like everybody is so hungry and they just eat without praying. So I said, you know, prayer is, it should be not only go to church. Prayer is not only when you're in trouble, but pray, God said, pray without ceasing, which is like all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. And that's what we're supposed to do. If we don't pray, then we are weak. If we don't pray, then we are defeated. If we don't pray, it means we don't believe God and we don't trust God. And God wanted us to grow like an olive tree. We should be green throughout the year. Mm -hmm. We should be fresh throughout the year. We should be able to be a med medicine for other people people just like the olive oil is a medicine okay so that's what we is our olive our olive tree is a symbol of peace a symbol of wisdom a symbol of glory a symbol of fertility a, a symbol of power and a symbol of purity and a symbol of friendship yeah. all those things about olive tree in Hosea. God said, you know, I'm going to make you like an olive tree. And it's just amazing because we should be like an olive tree, but we are not, we don't believe that, right? We don't believe that. We don't read our Bible, so we don't know. And we are powerless. We have no knowledge. That's why the people are perished because of lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the reason we have to read our Bible. If we are a Christian, we should pray. That's, that's it. And Bible should be our manual for every part of our life yes. every decisions every conversations every activity of our life should be according to the word of god mm -hmm. and i'm practicing it now okay i'm practicing it because sometimes it gets very lonely when you travel all alone and i have to literally get on my knees and say god keep me safe god help me not to commit adultery god help me not to be impure god help me to be strong in you and many times God gave me the victory and I was able 
to be a testimony wherever I am. Even the driver of the Uber, I would ask him, what is your prayer request? That's how I start a conversation. And he would tell me about all his family. By the time he dropped me at the house, I said, can I pray with you? And I would pray with him. And then today we are in contact too. So that is how you can be a testimony. And that is how you can bear a fruitful life like an olive tree. Uh, it was in Hosea chapter 14, verses 5. It says, um, verses 4, first. it says, I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely, for my anger has turned away from him. I will be like the dew to Israel. He shall grow like the lily and lengthen his roots like Lebanon. His branches shall spread. His beauty shall be like olive tree. I know many people, especially in America, you can't live without makeup, right? <laughs> okay, we like makeup. I see so many people wearing makeups. And then later on in the night, you will see the true person, like how they look without makeup. <laughs> you know, so, and, and all the accessories, all the, uh, what do you call, all the ornaments, you know, everybody is so crazy about it. And God really, I was crazy about ornaments too. I don't judge. But God literally took away that craving from me when the moment I give my life to God, when the moment I realize that my beauty is in God. And you know what I only use is coconut oil. It prevents you from wrinkles and antibiotic too. But anyway, that's, that's personal. But if you really want to be beautiful inside and out, it says you got to be having a character of an olive tree. You should be peace, have peace with everybody. Okay, I know I used to fight. I used to lose my temper. I had a bad encounter also in Denver, but I shut my mouth. And in the end, God was able to reconcile and we had peace. And they learned a lesson from me, even though it was an older pastor. So God is amazing and wisdom, oh my God, wisdom is very important. That's how I learned. And my husband always say, when you have no wisdom, God said, ask me and I'll give it to you. And that's how Solomon had all the wisdom when nobody else could have like Solomon. So we should have the wisdom and the wisdom of God. Wisdom of only uh, world is not going to be enough. Okay, we should be fertility, it's very important. Some people, I don't know here, but in India, many people couldn't have children. Okay, and that is also, I consider it also a curse because um, partly also because um, they do idol worship. So this is just, this is my opinion. Don't take it if you don't want, but that's what it is. Okay, and you have to have power. So I said, with them, today I was talking to Sister Nancy too. Sister Nancy really encouraged me that without the Holy Spirit, we don't have power. And power is very, very, very important. To be able to exercise power, we have to have the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, you are dry, you are powerless. So that's and also purity. Purity is very important. Those who have a pure heart will be able to see God. Blessed are the pure, but they shall see God. Okay, so this is very, very, very important. It says it's a healthy olive tree is a healthy fruit. Are we healthy physically, mentally, emotionally? Are we healthy? Because I see so many sick people. I was watching on Facebook in Seattle. There was a mother. Uh, there was a girl actually just her boyfriend left her. She has two children and she's not healthy. She took drugs 
and everybody know in Philadelphia, Kingston uh, area where everybody's like a zombie. I was very, very sad because most of them are strong youth. But why are they like that? Because they are weak, okay? Because they don't have God. And it's really sad because they, they are not fruitful, they are not healthy. And so they take drugs. It's just amazing. And she didn't even want to go for rehabilitation. And it's really sad because the girl is so pretty. And she's all alone. Her, her boyfriend was taken. She doesn't know where he went. And she's so hopeless. And people were giving her, um, what do you call it? People were giving her um, brush, toothpaste, food, money to help her. So, you know, people, so many sick people out there, not only physical health, but also spiritual health. So we believers, many of the churches I visited are like so not healthy because, you know, in front of the baseball game, they would scream in the party. They would dance, they would shout. But when they come to the church, they're so quiet. <laughs> and I'm like, what happened? Are they alive here, living humans? They're dead humans in the church. Wow. Okay, because they are not healthy spiritually. So when I start, I took the mic yesterday and I was in one of the Baptist church. I started to share my life. And all the young people were alive. They were like literally awake. I went to them personally, addressed them, talked to them. And I said, here, yeah, take the brochure. It's for you. You're welcome to come to India. God has called you. He created you to do good works. And he was so happy. And he said, I'll come, I'll come. <laughs> okay, so God wants us to be spiritually healthy. It's so important, so important. Be like an olive tree. Okay, they are easy to care for. The olive tree is easy to care for. And olive tree lives very long. Very, very, very long. They found an oldest olive tree in Israel. Can you imagine it? Almost like 300, 400 years old. 2,000 years old. Oh my God. Thank you, Dr. Josh. They are 2,000. That's just so amazing. So amazing. And olive tree is very sacred. It's used for benediction, purification, used for crowning the victors of both games and wars. Okay, so all of us uh, Christians are faced having spiritual warfares, okay? And also we are in a game, okay? We are in a running game, and whoever gets the prize, okay, will be anointed with an olive oil, right? According to the Greek people. So that's, that's just amazing, okay? The ways of the Lord are right. The righteous walk in them but the transgressors stumble in them. That's what I learned. Be careful how we walk with God. God wants us to walk righteously. God consider us righteous because he washed us clean with his precious blood and we should not be a stumbling block for anybody. So I really like this and how it is you have to dwell. Many, even the churches are empty, meaning not big, big, beautiful churches, but they are so empty. Nobody goes there, and it's so sad because nobody wants to go to church. When I was in Oklahoma, one of the parents cried, saying that my son used to play the keyboard, but now he doesn't want to come to church after he goes to college. And then another son doesn't want to be in the media because I'm helping with the media in the church. They don't want to come to church. What should I do? I said, you have to pray. You have to be like an olive tree. So that is who we are. So many things going on in the ministry. God is doing miracles. God is expanding his kingdom. Uh, these are the last days. Persecution is coming up. 
Um, the prime minister already said that he was going to make India a Hindu nation in 2024. Uh, of course, already we know that all the power and authorities are in the hand of God. The kingdom of man is in God's hand. But we believe that God is going to really move. These are the last days. We Indians, believers, have to be strong. The church have to learn to pray for one another. We are one family. So please pray for us in India that we will be strong, we will be faithful, and we will be a testimony. So we have many activities, orphanage, construction of buildings in the construction of prayer uh, house in the agency tribal area. They really need a place to worship. And also we want to use it for training the pastors. The pastors need fellowship, especially in the tribal in the mountains. And some of the people in India in the jungle don't even know who Jesus is. They thought Jesus is a candy or they thought Jesus is the name of a food. So they don't know who Jesus is. So please pray that we'll be able to know how to share Jesus to them. One sister came for deliverance meeting every Tuesday. We have deliverance meeting. She came and she said whenever she feels weak suddenly, it will take her days to be able to get out of the bed. So one time during prayer on a Tuesday, suddenly she fell. She fell down and she was feeling so weak she couldn't stand. So we took her to the other room and gave her hot milk and said, okay, you can rest. And she rested and in her dream, she, she saw my husband coming and giving her water. And she said, when suddenly I got up, I don't feel weak anymore. Mm -hmm. And she walked back and came and sat in the church and continued to join the prayer. Till today, she's very strong. She never got the attack again. So God is delivering his people. Now she's a faithful prayer warrior in the church, very active in the church. Her name is Lakshmi, and God is really using her. So please pray that God will save continually the people. Let them be strong. Sunday school children are very active. They go around, proclaim the gospel during Easter, Good Friday, and they just leave a testimony. They are the first one who will come to you and say, Praise the Lord, Pastor. <laughs> well, their, their parents will like run away when they see the pastor, but the children will come and say, Praise the Lord. And they'll scream really loudly. And people will say, Why is he saying praise the Lord? What is the meaning of it? And that's how we start to share about Jesus. <laughs> so God is really using the children. And through the children, their parents also come to know Jesus because we would ask the children, you have any prayer requests and you say pray for my mommy and daddy they are fighting or pray for my sister she needs to get married and so we would pray and they would go home and tell their parents who are hindus or unbelievers that my pastor is praying for you and they would come slowly to the church and that's how the number of church members increase so this is how we do ministry very practical very simple live and obey the word of god god will use you god has a meaning for your life just like me, even though I was rejected by my family because I was born out of a wedlock, out of wedlock, but then God has a plan for me. And God said, uh, when I went to Bible school, he said, I have a plan for you. My plan is to prosper you and not to harm you. So I believe that I hold on to God and learn to be obedient to parents. I tell children, obey your parents. You will live long, you will not die. <laughs> so that is who we are. And I teach my children, our God is alive. He's watching. Mommy, daddy will not be with you in college, in school, but God is watching. So my son one day came and he said, Mommy, 
one of the boys accused me of doing things that I didn't do. I said, don't worry, we'll pray for him. You don't fight back. One of us get on our knees, pray for the boy. The next day when he went, the boy had fever. The boy who hit him had fever and he was very sick. And he was asking for my son to come and pray for him. <laughs> so God is really using my children to, you know, to be an example as a child of God, as a children of God, how to live. They face persecution. My children face persecution, discrimination in the school because they are God's children or Christian. But I told them to be strong. In the end, God bring their teachers to church, bring their friends to church. And now they are invited for birthday parties to pray before cutting the cake. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how God uses our children. And we don't send our children to school on Sunday. There, the parents want the school to have it on Sunday what? because they want peace. Uh, they want uh, they want to rest in the house. They don't want children to disturb them. So they send them to school on Sunday, but we don't send our children. That's also another testimony. So this is how we live our life. Projects are going on. Uh, church building and also building a house for one of the boy. His name is Raju. He's also an orphan boy. He married um, one of our believers who was also uh, sent to Bible school. She had a suicidal um, desire, but God delivered her and went to Bible school, got her Master of Divinity, came back, got married to our orphan boy, Raju, and now husband and wife serve, have two churches, and but they just need a place to stay. So we're trying to build a house. Foundation is done. Still, the whole building needs to be done. So please pray. Not only house, but also house come church. So one room will be for church, and the other room will be for the house. So please pray that God will provide for Raju and Stuti. Joy, what cities? What cities are you in? We are in Tade Pali Gudam. Okay. It's uh, it's about eight hours away from Hyderabad. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Anybody has a question? I, I, I can talk and talk and talk. Your husband said a video, so I should. Yes, please show the video. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. But they may have questions too. Let Let's show the video and then. Okay, then you can ask questions. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to uh, mute that. Hang on, guys. Hang on, I gotta get this. Turn down that. Help me remember to turn that back up. I think that'll do it. Okay. Okay. Here we go. There is a candle in every soul, some brightly burning, some dark and cold. There is a spirit who brings a fire, ignites a candle, and makes his mind. 
carry your care. Run to the darkness, seek out the helpless, confused and torn, and hold out your care for all to see. Take your candle, go like your Take your candle, go like your Frustrated, see how he's tried to light his own candle some other way. See now you'll see this. She's been robbed and lied to, still holds a candle with Seek out the lonely, the tired Whose hearts are blazing, so let's raise our candles and light up the sky. Pray unto our Father, in the name of Jesus, make us a in darkest There is a king. In every soul, some brightly burning, some dark and cold, there is a spirit who brings. There is a kingdom in every soul. 
Here, let. Uh It's a secondary, we gotta adjust the yes, volume. Right. A little slow, so I got no problem. Right. Okay, we're back. Yay! I, awesome. felt like, I felt like I was in India. <laughs> you saw yes, some of the pictures by the children home. Um, a little one boy and one girl, they are brothers and sisters standing in front of the banner of Priscilla Children Home. They have hereditary tuberculosis. And so we don't know how long they're going to live. They had just had their surgery because growths were around their neck. And we had to do surgery for that. And pray that God will heal them and let God have his way in their lives. Their names are Santoshi, which is happy. And then uh, the other boy, Akash, means the sky. So pray for them. They are brothers and sisters. And the other two girls who stood in front of a nursing school, they are going to uh, undergo a nursing course and they want to become a nurse. And the one who hold um, the trophy, that is the children home girl who already graduated from the nursing school, uh, I work in a private hospital in one of the high tech city in India. So she she's also semi-orphan. Um, pray that God will give her a good life partner. She's very lonely. Please pray for her. Her name is Bharti. Then the one where my husband stood in front of the cross, the village uh, near that area, uh, there used to be, each family will have somebody die every day. And so people are very scared of that spirit. And they were like, when will it attack my family? So they came to the pastor in that area and asked pastor, please pray. Ask your God, can your God help me? So our pastor prayed, seek God in fasting and prayer. And God just said, build a cross in that area at the gate of the village. So they built a cross at the gate of the village. From that day onwards, no more death spirit wow. in that area, in the village. So God, every day they would conduct, every year basically, they would conduct a open air meeting near to the cross and invite the people from different tribal areas to come and they would share the gospel to them. So please pray for all those tribal people. Let them be strong that they'll be able to walk with God. They've seen the power, but some of them are still double-minded, still doubting. Pray that God will continue to save them. Thank you. God bless you. Anybody have comments or questions, just jump in here. I think I'm going to have to go to India. Yeah. <laughs> it is life changing there. And boy, we can attest of being there several times of how their ministry has grown and how brave they are, um, all of them, to do um, the tribal outreaches. Even in their city of Tadapalagudum, mm -hmm. uh, there's uh, protests and and I remember last Christmas, uh, Jai inviting the police yes. to come. Yes. And the, God is able to turn things around, mm -hmm. even when it looks um, like the persecution will increase. God breaks through and touches hearts mm -hmm. to bring them to the Lord. And that's such a powerful testimony of, in that remote area where mm -hmm. people 
and family members were dying every yeah, day yeah, and they prayed and they put up a cross by the gate yeah. of the town yeah. and no more deaths. That's awesome. Amen. Yes. Wow. Yes. wow. And, and the, your, your town, your, your, your um, property is really grown. Yes. I was growing. Yeah, we, we, God provided for us and slowly, slowly we're buying because many of the people get scared to come to church. And so what we usually have open air meeting outside the church so that they can even stay in their house and they can still hear the gospel. And uh, some part of that ground still belongs to an unbeliever family. Uh, please pray that we'll be able to buy the whole ground so that we can use it and use it for the gospel. That's basically it. Yeah. <laughs> that's Beautiful. wonderful. That's, yeah. that's and I remember each each addition to your property there mm -hmm. by the main church yes. was major warfare. Yes. Of have, Hindu yeah. owners, yes. Hindu's resistance yeah. and persecution. Yeah. But God breaks through over yes. and over. So you yes. guys are some of the most faith-filled and courageous mm -hmm. uh, people that we know in any mm -hmm. country around the world. And you're mm -hmm. persistent. You don't stop. <laughs> you pray. You read the Bible. Yeah. And you share uh, the love of God in a relentless yeah. way. It's like yeah. the relentless love mm -hmm. of God going forth through yeah. you and LLM. Yeah. So, so um, is it still true that to get married, even if you're a Christian, you have to talk to the Hindu monk? Is it Hindu priest? And get the right date because of the stars or something. So that that is one big uh, conflict we have with the believers in our church, and we have to teach them. Yeah. And so when my when they come to my husband and they said fix this date for our wedding, we said no because we know they've been to the Hindu priest and asked for it. Yeah. So then we had to explain to them why we say no and what they should do. Some of them listen, some of them don't listen. I did hear that. Um, the reason they don't is because they could lose their jobs. They would um, not really. They're just afraid because of the evil power. They think anything bad will happen okay. to their marriage. Okay. That's part of the reason they don't want to follow Christian way of marriage. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But we stood still because like the married people will have like a black and white, black and gold beads. Yeah. They call it Mangal Sutra. And we said we don't do that in our church. Because the origin, always, anytime you find, you have to question what is the origin. Yeah. So if the origin leads to, that origin was from their Hindu gods. Yeah. And so we said, no, you can't do that. And many times we have to say no for them to conduct even marriage in the church. I really appreciate yeah, that. Because that. a lot of pastors <laughs> are No, no, because they want the offering and the money. Yes. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. I have a question. I heard some years ago that if you worked for the government and you're a Christian, you didn't get a pension. Is that true? Yes, that is that now they, they make it another way around. They said, if you have a car, they will not give you a pension. Or if you have land, they will not give you a pension. Yeah. But if you are a Christian and converted from Hindu, they will remove the privileges from you. So in India, if you want to be a believer, you should be willing to lose your property, willing to lose your family, and willing to lose your job. Oh, it's so, just what the Bible said. Yeah, and Jesus also, said, be willing to lose. so that's why some people are very careful about taking baptism. Because when it comes to baptism, they hesitate. They don't want to, you know, if, if they decide, it'll be after years and years and years of attending the church to literally understand and fall in love with Jesus, committed wholly to Jesus, then they will do baptism because they know that they have to lose everything. So we have, a, we have one of the girls, God did a miracle. 
<laughs> we have one a girl, one girl who um, was married to our youth, and she was rejected by the her family because she believed in Jesus. Her father sat her down and said, "You want Jesus, or you want your father and mother?" He says, he said, Daddy, don't make me make this decision. No, no, you bring shame to the family yeah. by believing in Jesus. So either mommy, daddy, or Jesus. He said, Daddy, if I have to choose, I have to choose Jesus and not you and mommy. I'm sorry, I love you, but I can't do that. So they kicked her out of the house. And then uh, she was taken care of by her local church and uh, provided accommodation. She had a good job. She was educated, so she was able to stand on her own. And, but still she kept in touch with her family. When it was time for her to get married to our youth, this is an arranged marriage, married to one of our youth, and we said, you have you can keep good relation with your parents, no problem, try to invite them for the marriage. And so she invited them for the marriage, and we were like, maybe she'll come, maybe they will not come. But on the day the father and mother came, stood right in front of the church door, and still hesitant and afraid thinking that what will these Christians do to me as a Hindu, entering their church. And then, but somehow they took courage and they came into the church, attended the wedding. My husband brought them and said, make them to sit in front of the, uh, in front of the wedding altar. And then we said, okay, now the bride's father and mother should hand over the bride to the groom. And we invited them to the altar. They were so surprised how we respected them how we love them, how we treat them. And then later on, the father gave a testimony. I was afraid to enter the church, wondering whether you will accept me or no, after I mistreated my daughter. Wow. And then later on, they said, they were so happy. And they said, we will continue to come to the church. Wow. So their daughter married one of our young people. That is also our Four years of prayer. Praise yeah. God. That's awesome. You should write a book, Yori. Yeah. Any testimony? Yeah, that's that's God can do it. Love, love, cover multi-day of sin. That's so it just love the people with the love of Jesus. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Any other questions or how much does that land cost that you're that you're trying to inquire that you mentioned five minutes ago? I have to ask my husband. <laughs> he is in charge. I'm just curious what land prices were in India. Uh, they, since it's next next to the market there is, I mean, it's, yeah. And they sell it's it by expensive. the square meter. Square meter, yeah. <laughs> Can I just buy one square meter? <laughs> Maybe I'll build a little house. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep a room for you. <laughs> I'll look into it. Amen. 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 <laughs> What's the coolest time of year to come? I'm not up for the huge heat and and, uh, and humidity unless God moves me. But what's the best time to come? November is a cool month. Uh, December before Christmas is December whole month is a cool month. So you're welcome okay. to. No, okay, uh, George, you could be my guide. Oh, I, I can't wait. It's been too long. I, I was looking at some pictures. Of so it's changed. Uh, the last time I think we went was 2017. Oh, yeah. So it's been a long time. Yeah, well, I send you yeah. <laughs> so, if you make so, a plan, George, let me know. Yes, we sure will. When's Rainy Season? 
And then this season is in June, July, August. That's right, right now. Right. That's this year. Not so hot. It's yeah. cooling. Oh. Cooling when it rains, but it floods. So sometimes the road is bad and you can't go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Because no drainage system. <laughs> yeah, November, December, there's not much chance of typhoons. Yeah. No, and also December, we from December 1st till 31st, every day we'll have a Christmas. Because the believers will want to have party in their house, inviting their unbelieving friends. You well, can share the gospel. So the first till thirty first, they're always busy. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yeah, here in this neighborhood, we have Indian neighbors on the left side mm -hmm. of this house, and our other house, we have Indian neighbors mm -hmm. on the left side. And when when we first got the CMM house a few years ago, I was talking to the neighbor about the many times we've been to India. And I said, yeah, we, we visit P.G. Vargas. He said, oh, I worked for him. Yeah. Wow. P.G. Vargas has like yeah. 10,000 churches in That's the north. Right. But yeah. um, it has changed. I've been going there since 1999. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it really is a, another world. But we know India is very precious to God's heart because there is such warfare there. Mm -hmm. And so really do pray for um, the salvation of Modi, the prime minister, and the BJP radical Hindus mm -hmm. are, they want to make it free of any Christians yeah. and free of any Muslims also. Yeah. And and just a, a prayer point regarding America-Indian relations. America, even since um, Obama, through the Trump years, through the Biden years, um, America has put economic um, benefits above human rights and protection of Christians. Yeah. And it's continuing to get worse. And so we need to pray for our leaders in the in, outside of India, including America, to stand up for rights of believers mm -hmm. in India and many other countries. It's yeah. a, a shrinking. Um, yeah, Obama, or not, uh, Trump did a good thing because when we had a problem with the Christian in last, when, when he was reigning, and he literally reprimanded the prime minister and he hires him and he stopped the persecution. Yeah. Yeah. So Trump did a good thing. Trump did a good thing. But, but Trump had him at the big stadium in yeah. Texas yes. years ago. And that would we were we were writing letters mm -hmm. and um, active in contacting uh, the administration yeah. under Trump to stand up to Modi in on American soil yeah, but now to in, protect the Christians. India is reacting because now they stopped the export of rice to America. Why? They just want to shortages China. with uh, China, yeah. Russia, Ukraine war. Yeah. India is keeping the rice yeah, at home. Keeping just so for politics, that's it. Wheat yeah. and rice in America yeah. will be could go up in price that's, because of global conflicts. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. All political. But our God is in charge. Amen. <laughs> yeah, God is in charge, and we have to focus on Him. <laughs> you know, Jesus said, I love this. Mm -hmm. Kind of like as you're talking, it's like India is a is a thick concentration of demon worship. That's right. right. Yeah. And but Jesus, you know, when he was at Caesarea and Philippi, he was talking to he goes on this rock. He was talking about that hill, that occultic pan and Baal worship was done to the yeah. pan. Yeah. He goes, it's on this, it's in these high places, <clears throat> demonic power mm -hmm. and worship that I'm going to build my church yes. 
and the gates of hell will not prevail Amen. against Amen. it. Amen. And I've just been, just, you know, I've been just pondering and declaring that as like, but God has starts his judgment because when they had that persecution with the girl who was raped, the women, after that, there's so much heavy rain in the northern side where all the temples and everybody go for pilgrim, mm -hmm. flooding, flooding like anything. So we can see like it's the yeah, God, of God. He's not, he's, and he goes, the gates of hell will not, not prevail against it. He's yeah. like, the enemy's flood will yeah. not come against yeah. my yeah. church. Yeah. But and he and Jesus is lifting up his standard mm -hmm. against, right. against that flood. I mm -hmm. I'm just I'm more and more excited about seeing what God is doing because mm -hmm. we're in these last days where it says lawlessness increases. Yes. We're gonna see more, we're gonna see more of the power mm -hmm. of God manifested. Amen. Yes. And people are getting bolder. Mm -hmm. There there's Christians, even friends of mine, they're saying stuff and they're like, I can't believe I that. <laughs> God's just like he's yeah. manifesting himself That's out right. of his people and re and and speaking through them. They're seeing the the benefits. Mm -hmm. Those who know their God will be bold yeah. and yeah. strong yeah. and do yeah. great yeah. exploits. Amen. Yeah, yeah. So, Amen. And the Holy Spirit will give us um, sometimes very illogical words to say to soften their hearts. Yeah, you know it. Or prophesying yeah. speak, yeah. but we've seen it with leaders that mm -hmm. we've met in different mm -hmm. countries and businesses mm -hmm. around the world. Of mm -hmm. uh, it, sometimes it'll almost you're thinking, Lord, do you really want me to say it? He just mm -hmm. says, say, say what I yeah, tell right. you to say, exactly. and you say it, and everything turns. Yeah. And it could be something uh, lighthearted, mm -hmm. or it could be something about his family yeah. or some personal passion yeah. that the man the man or woman has. Mm. Oftentimes it's men in leadership. Mm. But the, Jesus gives us the key to unlock the heart of yes. heart if we yeah. are listening and sensitive mm. to the Holy Spirit and mm. obeying him yeah. with boldness. Yes. Right, because the keys to the kingdom is agreement with God. Yes. Yeah. And it's like the closer we're with him, that mm -hmm. praying without ceasing, spending mm -hmm. time in the word, yes. knowing him. Jesus yes. said to the ones who did all the stuff and mm -hmm. all the miracle stuff, depart from me and never knew yes. you. Yes. Because they were using his gifts, using godliness as a means of gain, yeah. but not but not willing to die for it. Mm -hmm. yeah. think. That's why we, we take Friday, my husband, myself, like we have no burnouts because we take Friday fasting and prayer yeah. personally. And we shut our phone, we don't answer, and everybody now knows Friday pastors will not come out of the house. <laughs> will not meet anybody. <laughs> and oftentimes so, yeah. Jai will email me yes. the Friday prayer and prayer, fasting yes. and, and I sometimes and extended prayer requests. Yes, yes. Yeah. So whole night fast. Now we start another one where we start with the first day of the month, early morning prayer, fasting and prayer at four o'clock. So, and that's just raising that every day there will be people coming to the church and they will be praying. We keep prayer requests in the altar and they will read it and pray. So groups of ladies, men, everybody come. Children, they come together and pray. <laughs> so every day there is always prayer because yeah. God says my house shall be a house of prayer for all nations. Yeah. So you're welcome to send in prayer requests. Give, give, give. God yeah. will answer it. Yeah. That's <laughs> <Really? Yes. laughs> Well, we appreciate you, Yori, very much. And um, who would like to pray for Yori? Uh, Cindy? Before that, one minute. Okay, one minute. 
Thank you, uh, thank you, Dr. Jar, Sister Nancy, and also Sister Deborah for your love, for your fellowship, and also for your hard work standing with us. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're very welcome. <laughs> thank you. And, and we also, have, many of you are. Auntie Anna Marie. <laughs> yes. That, she sends her love. <laughs> and, and many of you are already faithful, regular donors of CMM, mm -hmm. so you know how to give. Yes. And you, if you want to give a special gift for your, uh -huh. but for Yori, mm -hmm. Y-O-R-I, mm -hmm. or L-L-M yeah. in India, and we'll get it to them. And they yeah. okay. they are really good at maintaining relationships mm -hmm. and emails and yeah. messages. And thank you, Brother Mark, for your faithful support and also encouragement. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, thank you. I'm privileged Amen. to give. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Dr. Father God, I want to thank you for this precious woman of God. We are so encouraged by hearing her testimony and how you mightily move in the lives of those they bring to Christ. Father God, I pray that you increase her tent pegs in that ministry, Lord God, that the multitudes will come and they will feed them with the living bread of God with water and Lord Jesus, I pray that you supernaturally intervene, that uh, the others would be drawn as the, the dead are raised, the blind will see, the deaf will hear. We thank you, Father God, for this mighty move you're going to do. The faithfulness of this family, Lord God, will be shouted to the roof on the rooftops, Lord God. And I just thank you will keep them healthy, that you will meet every need in abundance. And I thank you that this precious, mighty woman of God will be safe wherever she travels, that she will actually experience your angels, Lord God, and she will be able to give her husband a superb report. Thank you, Father, for her and all that she puts her hand to. May it prosper. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen.